Welcome to the Nothing in Particular show, where you sit down with a beer, cup of coffee, or a great glass of wine and have an entertaining discussion with your new besties, Breezy Weeks and Travis Cody. What will we talk about today? Nothing in particular, or whatever is top of mind. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Nothing in Particular show. And I am Breezy Weeks with my other host here, Travis Cody. Yo. (laughs) What's up, Travis? Not much. Well, there's lots, but... There's always lots. Um, <laughs> with me, I can talk about anything, but uh, we've been having conversations lately. I know that there's something very important on your mind that if we just don't talk about it, you won't be able to sleep tonight. Right. What yes. is that, pray tell? <laughs> well, I thought a very interesting issue that has kind of come arise again in the entertainment industry is the whole payola, I guess, uh, in the music industry more um all right and for that, the people under the age of 30 who i'm going to horribly offend right now by even mentioning this can you explain what pale is because they probably never heard that word <laughs> yeah so i was kind of looking up like the actual like definition of what you know i mean what it is what you were prepared <laughs> doing research and preparing for our show that's not how the show works I was doing it's some supposed, re- <laughs> supposed to be totally free flow off the cuff You've ruined my flow. My process is all destroyed forever. Now I'm going to have to take this thing seriously. No. Well, I mean, you know, when you work in the when in the industry, you hear of it. It's a common thing. I think that it's kind of like discussed. I've heard it through my aunt, uncle with their record label. They've mentioned payola before. I think they've even been in lawsuits, not them being sued, but suing others. Um, so. I've heard of it like casually tossed around that whole word of payola. And when you've known of it, it's something that it's always been, I'm pretty sure it's always been illegal. Um, so payola in the music industry is basically the illegal practice of uh, payment to like commercial radio, to play songs, um, to favor songs more than others, to get them on the charts. Uh, so, uh, you know, for Wait whatever the- People, people on the sly pay to get preferential treatment. Of course, if they got the money, people are going to try it, right? <laughs> the funny thing is, is it's illegal yet. Then the music industry, how, do, how does it work if you want to get like the VIP or the insiders access to the clubs that are playing the music? Yeah. <laughs> have to yeah, you're pay asking, extra money. You're asking like, us if minute. I know. Why is it illegal in the music industry? I don't understand. Right. Um, you know, I, I was trying to look up like how long has this been in existence? And it's like, it seems quite a while. Music industry was the original, they were original buyers of likes before Facebook existed. Yeah. Um, I was trying to look up like where that whole payola, the wording of it came from yep. and such, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm looking at, uh, okay, this is, might not be too accurate because it is Wikipedia. <laughs> and we know how wikipedia is but the term payola they say is a combination of pay and ola which is um it says a common suffix of product names in the early 20th century so um like the old companies that existed back then and a lot of them had ola as part of their name so um that's where it originated from mm. and a lot of the radio equipment like motorola manufacturing oh, yeah. stuff like that so quite interesting so you know if you're if you're more interested in that whole history of it um of where it originated 
dive into it on the internet. But um, so yeah, I've, you know, I've kind of heard of it tossed around, but I was quite surprised that it came up in the news recently. So I wonder if we did enough research, if we could find a spot where like in the early 1900s, like Motorola or um, any of the Ola companies actually paid to get favored status. And that's where that, yeah, that got linked. Right. You didn't do enough research, Breezy. Before I mean, our I'm, next episode, see, you got too serious and now you have extra homework. <laughs> I mean, it's right in front of me so I can pull off like things from it. I'm looking on the internet right now. Um, so, but, you know, as they said, like there's all kinds of stuff, like now they're talking about the creation of Napster with illegal music sharing websites and it's sort of diving into all different kinds of stuff with that. Um, but as I know it, just from hearing it through the industry uh yeah it's just i guess people do that and it might not be so much the labels it could be just management management teams agents public publicists you know so it's not uh, a lot of the now this may not seem like a big deal to someone in the music industry but let's talk about why it's such a big deal if if i'm going to let's say five radio stations in, in Chicago, New York, LA, uh, San Francisco, Miami, and paying their top radio stations to play my song more than than it normally is requested. Why is that such a big deal? I mean, definitely because if you're, <laughs> I feel like that it takes away that whole thing. Like when we were growing up, of that just your um authentic liking a song and it becoming popular just because it's a great song because it's actually a good music right as opposed to kind of like i feel like a lot of the industry and some of us listeners might not even realize it that you're kind of being geared to show what you should like mm. and like this is you know and so they they limit the songs on the radio they play those same songs over and over again i mean they uh you know even some of the music videos that they'll show it's like they're just feeding you what they want to feed you and make popular. So that's why I've always been a person into like indie music because I've always wanted to like step out of the box. Like, what am I missing here? Like what else is they're not showing me, you know? So um, definitely like, don't always feed into that. Like what is only on the radio and what they're feeding you, like dive into other music too. That's I've always been. Uh, that's how I came across Dallin and the Brobex. I was searching for indie music online and just happened on MySpace, come across his page and liked his music. And so, you know, you'll never, never know what you'll discover doing that. But mm. so you, you lose that whole authentic, you know, the authenticity of yeah. having a song. If it's manipulated. It's good. Yeah. You know, um, but like in the long term is, is yeah, I don't know the music industry just from what I've heard, but yeah. don't don't artists get paid based on how much their airtime their song is taking up as well? Yeah, they do. Um, I don't think as much uh, like on radio as they do now. Streaming, streaming is like the the big thing. Um, you know, back in the uh, probably like seventies, eighties, you know, it was uh, how much actual physical copies you were selling you know and then that's kind of gone to the wayside and now it's like more streaming and downloads and then that whole industry took a little side turn with that because then all of a sudden it was like apple was like oh we're not really counting like per purchase like per single we're gonna 
have you do a subscription, you know, now all these companies want you to do a subscription. So for them, it benefits the, for the company to have subscribers, but for the musicians, they get paid less and less and less and less with all these types of different. Um, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, like how much it is like per stream, but it's, it can be like sense okay like i'm talking like that the artist actually gets from like a stream but as far as popularity they count the streams so it's, it's like a double-edged sword it's like you know um you want the streams but uh you want to make the money too so most of the money now it's like it's come back with physical merchandise again which i just i, I love that like that these kids are wanting that again you know, for a while it was like, ah, forget CDs, you know, we'll just download everything. We'll just stream everything. And uh, I think they, they lost a little bit of that with the subscriptions, to be honest. And now everybody wants physical copies again. So, you know, these past few uh, cycles of merchandise uh, that either I've had in my independent shop on the Nunny Jerk Records shop um, and then IDK's, you know, online shop when they released their EP uh, they had just an overwhelming amount of sales. Things would sell out really fast and the demand is high again. So it's quite interesting. Uh, the music industry goes through a lot of ups and downs with this. So it, it was just really crazy to all of a sudden see the news break on all like the popular um, platforms like Rolling Stone, Alternative Press was talking about this payola again. And and it's no like surprise, I guess, to some people that work in the industry. It's just not fair and it is illegal and it's not cool to do. Um, the question is whether the artists even know that that's happening too. You know, that's the other thing is people are pointing fingers at the artists, but probably most don't even know that it's happening. You know, they don't know every single thing that their uh, team is doing. It just depends on how involved you are. You know, we're... I say we because I I work alongside Dallin with his band a lot and we're highly involved with everything because we wanted to. We've seen all the different mistakes that can happen and things that can slip through that we weren't happy with and you know we wanted to be like on top of everything and the communication be as open as possible. So yeah mm. you know. So with the story that broke, like who was accused of payola? Was it agents? Was it managers? Oh, was yeah. it band members themselves? Was it yes to all the above? <laughs> yes to all the above. Yeah, somehow there was like some text messages that got leaked between major label executives and um, radio promoters. Uh, I, I want to, there were some really big ones. I'm, I'm going to look through here. Um they were saying Electra Records, I think Sony, Universal, um, you know, a, a bunch of the really big uh, labels that got caught up in this. There's a certain person uh, involved in it. Uh, and I, I don't, you know, you know how it works in the industry. It's like Didn't name you names because never know if you're going to end yeah, up working with them later. You don't, you don't want to call out people totally. Oh. So, but you can read the articles, you know, if anyone's interested, you can go out there and look it up. It's out there. And some of the biggest 
bands you know some people that we know that we're friends with in their bands that got caught up in this so that's that's always sucky to have to hear wow Um, well it's got to be sucky if you're uh, you know on the one hand it's so so the comparison i'm going to make is the uh the whole ellen non-scandal where uh there's this whole thing where ellen was getting trashed for being like a mean person and her show was horrifically abusive and demeaning and ellen was a mean person and and then it came out like uh actually she wasn't involved in any of the stuff she's being accused of and it was actually other producers and then you know people came out and said well it's her responsibility because it's her names on the show Uh, yeah i mean i guess to some extent but it it's so devoid of understanding how things actually work i mean when you're on a backlot which ellen is and you have a thousand employees which alan ellen does you're maybe going to come in contact with like 25 of those so to say that ellen is responsible for all the 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 every single word and action that someone on that it's employed by her is it's it's just so it's such it's bullcrap it's just freaking bullcrap to think that that's the way that it has to be and so when it comes to the paola situation you're a huge band member like you know when panic would tour what what how big of a what did they have 300 a team of 300 that was you know putting together the stages and the equipment and all that sort oh of stuff oh my gosh yeah not to mention how many hundreds of people in the stadiums that are running the merch and the food and all that sort of so you know seven eight hundred people maybe a thousand people per show and then they would come out and be like, oh, well, that uh, hot dog vendor said something that was racist. And therefore, it's the lead singer's problem because that guy technically is paid <laughs> by him. It's like, what? Like, no. Right, right. So what sucks, there's a lot of context to give. But I was, what would suck is to be a band who finds out that your manager secretly has been dealing payola. And here you've been thinking that your songs are all awesome. And you find out that maybe three of your songs you know, 80% of the playtime it got was due to payola and not necessarily because people actually wanted to listen to it. Like mentally, what, how would that impact you as an artist? Right. Exactly. You know, and, and like I said, um, unless we had them right here to like interview them, it's hard to like say per artists, but just knowing people on my own, you know, personal experience and stuff. And I'm not going to name names either, <laughs> but um, it just depends on how involved you are with your band. Like I've said, I've seen, I've seen artists that are just like, you know, they have all their people do everything and they don't really know what's happening. And, you know, they're just like, just take care of it all for me. It's too stressful. I just want to play a show. And then you have some that are like highly, highly involved and everyone that surrounds them, they make sure what type of person they are in all aspects, you know? So, um, and then you have certain people that will actually hire people because they know that they might do these kind of things and it might help their career. Yeah. I don't know any of those people that have actually done that. Like, but I know I've heard of that. There's people out there that will seek that. Well, so, if you get caught up to the celebrity and more importantly, you know, you get caught up in the money and then you're bad with your money and then the money stops. Like you get, you know, you do yeah. get desperate. Right. So when I was in Hollywood, the guy that I worked for, uh, he, wa- he made $50 million over 10 years, wow. personal income to him. Wow. And within six years of retiring, he was penniless, penniless. And here's the thing. He had a business manager that he was paying 
and, and yet he still went broke. And I was so confused because I'm like, well, what was the business manager doing? Isn't the whole point like business manager? You're supposed to be managing something. Right. And one of my clients was a business manager and she said, I can understand that. She's like, but we can't control if you want to go out and apply for a new line of credit, we can't control that. And so she, the reason I'm bringing this up is she had a client who was a rapper and he had made uh, $9 million in the previous year. Mm -hmm. And he had spent, it was something crazy. It was like, he'd made nine and he'd spent like 28. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, how's that even possible? And she's like, well, when you're a rapper and you're famous and you're news everywhere, bankers want to do business with you. So the perception is I see this guy at the Grammys. I see him in the mansion. This guy's got money. They, they basically will not even do credit checks or income checks. Oh so this gosh. guy was making 9 million a year. And so they would, guys would be like, oh, nine, on 9 million a year, we can give you a line of, uh, you know, $5 million in credit. And so he would do that in like six or seven different banks, unbeknownst to her until she started getting the bills. But yeah. so let's say that you're in that scenario and you and then you're like, oh, crap, my, my album's not doing very well and I need to pay my debts. What do I do? And your manager comes along and says, hey, well, you know, let's tap into that line of credit. And for $100,000, I can get you X amount of airplay and that'll boost downloads over here this much, which will lead to this, which means you can boost your uh, price on your next tour here. And that, you know, within eight months, maybe that'll bail you out of the hole you're in. Yeah. So that's a real world scenario of how that could possibly happen. And, you know, reading some of the, the articles that, that uh, we we're talking to about here, it wasn't just artists, um, their labels pain to get up on the charts. It was their team of people paying these radio stations to take down artists too and put them at a lower play level. So they were doing that's hit jobs. It, yeah. So that's wow. when it gets dirty. Yeah. Um, so they were paying. So even the music industry has trolls. <laughs> right. And you <laughs> know, they literally pay. Yeah. And, and nowadays, like I tell some of my friends who like, they'll show me someone's like Instagram or something and they'll be like, and you have no idea who this person is. And they might be like a local, you know, vlogger, blogger, influencer, whatever you want to use um, around here. My friend of mine will be like, can you believe this? This lady has 1 million views or more. And I'm like, I don't even believe that anymore. Okay. Because I've heard being in this whole industry that people pay for that too. Yeah. Or, um, I, I'm always like, you know, where are those legit companies, but they're out there, I'm sure. And people have found them and there's ways to buy your Twitter followers, buy your Instagram followers, buy your verification check marks, you know, have people do all that um, huge business, yeah, you know, huge business. So I don't even believe like Instagram followers anymore. And there is a technique to kind of decide if that, if they're real or not, or if they're authentic. Uh, and it kind of goes with a little bit of a math and you look at the, how many followers they have. And usually you'll estimate, like, I don't really know how much like percentage, but let's say like I have most of mine are pretty authentic because they're not super high up there, but I think I have like 95,000. And so I'll get on a really, really good post. I'll get maybe like a, I'm talking like a super good post for whatever reason, maybe 10,000. Mm. Well, that's likes, insane. You know, I have a friend of mine who's got a, an Instagram account now. 
his is a branded Insta account. He built a brand, not a, it's not based around his personality. Yeah. And, and his brand is it's in the business world and it's a super motivational and he, he you know, he goes after very successful people, but he's got 4 million followers. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him what was a, a standard engagement. And he said that if he's getting 1%, then that was like considered for someone over a million, if you're getting 1% engagement, that's considered really, really good. Hmm. And so when you're looking at some yeah. of these bigger guys, like that's how you can kind of tell how their engagement is, is they should be getting at least 1% in terms of comments. Uh, video, video views is supposed to be a lot higher, but now for you with a brand, it's higher because people are connecting with you personally. So getting 10,000 is like you're hitting what over 10% engagement. Some, yeah. some influencers would die to have those numbers. Yeah. And apparently they've been paying <laughs> for them, I guess. Well, some of them. So like, there's certain people you'll go on there and I'll see I'm like, oh, they have 700,000 people following them or 1 million. Let's see like their, how many likes do they actually have? And if they only have like, you know, a thousand or so or less, you're like, mm, I don't know how authentic this really is, yeah. you know? So it, you know, it's so hard like nowadays to know what's, what's real, but um yeah, so that just kind of made me think of with this whole payola, there's all different aspects of so now it's like, is the song you're listening to actually a popular song or is it not? Right. I mean, I, you know, I guess in some ways that bolsters the argument for the music streaming services, mm-hmm. because if I'm now paying for a service and the, the content's cured, unless payola goes that deep where it's like, okay, well. You know, somebody's paying Apple with the tech at Apple to get more plays on iTunes. But it seems like if, if you're paying for it, I, I have more control. And so now it's a little easier to feel like I'm listening to stuff that's legitimately good versus not. So, yeah, I don't know. Everything. Everything's an illusion, Breezy. It's an illusion. Well, and you know, in some people's that argument 10 followers like- we have on our podcast, I bought those. <laughs> <laughs> cost me a hundred dollars let's see that's um our parents our spouses damn it you gave away my secret my instant family just liked it now oh, shoot right. no one's gonna follow our show now yeah um you how know, did travis get 10 followers in a day that's suspicious <laughs> exactly um i've watched that too on certain people that i that i kind of knew all of a sudden it's like overnight they jump like a couple hundred thousand 200 and you're like all oh, right <laughs> okay well you know so this is so this actually brings up a good uh I, I guess a good pivot in this conversation which is the what's the difference between payola versus legitimate marketing right right uh-huh. and so like i have uh, one of my friends uh, I watched what he did on Instagram. And again, he was doing, this is the same guy who has the brand and yeah. I've known him for years. And he went, he, he, he got a million followers in his first year and he was talking about how he did it. And he ended up getting in Forbes because when he did it, this was still kind of a new thing. And, and he, he was saying that the first six months, he's just like, man, he's like, I was on my phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just responding and liking and commenting. He's like, I was miserable. Yeah. And he's all, and I only got to a hundred thousand followers in six months doing that. And he's all, and he's like, but there's gotta be a faster way. He's like, okay, well, in my, my car shop, I spend a few thousand dollars a month on advertising. And I advertise my business to here and to here and here. And that gets people to come in. He's like, so surely there's a way I can advertise my Instagram page and get people to come and do it. And that's when he discovered shout outs. 
Mm-hmm. And he's all, so he started reaching out to people who were influencers going, hey, can I pay you to sh- do a shout out on my page? And so he went from month six to month 12. He went from 100,000 to a million. Wow. And that's how he got Forbes. And now mm-hmm. he hasn't shared this with anybody because, and he said, he's like, I, I have never shared this. He's like, I shared it with one person and they got really mad because they said he was gaming the system. And he's also, he's like, so you want to know the secret of how I went from a hundred thousand to a million is he's like, I spent $50,000 on shout outs over a six month period. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he's all, I've told that somebody and they're like, you're cheating and you're gaming the system and you know what? And I'm going, well, yeah, but. If I'm running an ad on Facebook, I can go and spend $50,000 on Facebook and spend $50,000 to run an ad to get people to go to my Amazon Prime deal. Right. People go, well, there's no problem with that. So why is there an issue if I spend $50,000 on Facebook and go, hey, look at my cool Instagram page. Will you come follow it? Mm -hmm. That's different than going and saying, Breezy's got too many influencers and I'm paying you to like go spread negative comments on Breezy's Instagram. That's a little different. Yeah. Or it's a little different than, hey, I'm just going to stuff my Instagram with as many followers as possible and I don't care about engagement. Right. Um, here's the thing, though, in the long run, I think when you engage in that, so people who buy followers, it, it may get you – four years ago, that may have worked because people didn't understand how Instagram worked. And it was this whole like, oh, it's just the amount of followers. But now that people understand what engagement is, everybody who did that now – if they were an influencer and they did have a business that that money has dried up because now companies are wise to how it works. And now they are looking at, in fact, I was saying that a lot of the brands now are actually pivoting and and looking for people that have 10,000, 40,000, 70,000 followers, because like you, they know that you can make a post and get 10,000 responses. That's actually more than they would get if they went to somebody with 3 million followers at a 1% response. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what are your thoughts on payola versus marketing? <laughs> um, I mean, if somebody wants to pay for marketing and that person wants to advertise, uh, like you said, like a shout out, that's up to them. I've had, I get definitely like proposals all the time for different companies and everyone's different. Um, I know some people that are straight influencers and that's what they do. They are about marketing products of every kind and being connected That's their to their job. They make yeah. money doing it. They like to do that. They've That's also they built do. up a huge following that really likes them. Right. And it's basically like being an actor on a commercial, <clears throat> you know, you're just, you'll just promote any product. You'll just, you'll get any job that you get. You're just like, okay, sure. You know, but for me, that's probably why I stopped doing any of that stuff because I was a little picky about what I would advertise. Like I wouldn't advertise cigarettes. I wouldn't barely go on like an alcohol, like, you know, commercial really, it just depends. There's certain things like I would limit myself and that world, you know, that if you limit yourself, um, you know, that could kind of put a dent. All right. So totally hypothetical situation. Yeah. Let's say that I have a podcast Oh, you do. And <laughs> I find you as a follower and I say, Hey, I want, I want to, I want you to do a shout out for my podcast. How, how much do I have to pay for 24 hour shout out? Jeez. Well, that's, that's where I'm picky because I would actually have to authentically like it. That's me. That's what? Just- uh, my show will never get on your thing now. I know. Ah, I'm, I'm sorry. so hoping. <laughs> I've said this. I've had friends. What if I I've- know someone though? <laughs> uh, you know, 
I've had friends, I've had companies that came to me and right, I totally off the record, Breezy, how much cash under the table do I have to pay you? See, we just went from marketing to payola. This is how easy it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've said that like even when I did that, I did the recent like little like endorsement for that goalie um vinegar like gummy bite things. And oh, yeah, yeah. You see that everywhere, you know, but they proposed an offer to me and I was like, you know what? I have to generally like the product. So send send me a sample. Let me take them for a few weeks and, and let me see if I actually like it. You know, I just, I can't promote something that I'm not authentically into. So sorry, I guess I'm not an influencer <laughs> because I just, I won't promote any product, but you know what? If people want to do you that. You should start a new club called Influencers for Ethical Promotion. There you go. And you could just go and, and like you could get other influencers to join your your organization and then you could become the influencer of influencers. Right. Exactly. Look at that. You have a whole new you've started a whole new movement. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. You know, so you just got to ask for two of everything now because I want a sample. That's my manager fee for coming up with the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I've actually heard in the industry of music um that there has not so much money but there's been different people that do trades for things so for people to do favors for them in the music industry um uh, social media wise uh whatever that like it's hard to explain in detail but i i i've known people have actually part of that as a fact where they are kind of like in exchange for concert tickets in exchange for mm. merchandise you know if you'll go on here and you know pump up the band as a fan or promote it or you know see this is where politicians get caught up in it too because now it becomes like at what point does it cross over like being cool and doing a favor versus now becoming payola yeah it's like so, you know if i'm a politician and some guy is just like i've never met him and he's like hey i own I don't know, such and such steakhouse. And I love the fact that you're an honest politician and, you know, come to the thing and have a nice dinner with you and your wife on your anniversary on me. Like right. I, to me, that doesn't seem like the guy didn't ask for a favor. Mm -hmm. He's not doing it. He just likes it. And he's just, and, and this is the other thing, like in this, the world of celebrity, we're so used to listen to me using the, we, cause I want to be part of that club someday. <laughs> like I, like I have experience with this, but I'm going to pretend we have experience as celebrities of people just wanting to give us stuff for free. <laughs> but then under under what scenario does that suddenly cross the line to oh you took all this free stuff because really it was all about the payola right yeah. and so these are deep these are deep thoughts breezy we yeah, gotta figure we've got to figure out a billion dollar industries payola problem between the two of us we're gonna talk through <laughs> this until we have a solution i mean if i had to personally answer that question if you're marketing and promoting, that's a whole different thing than payola because when it's payola for the music industry specifically, and they're paying for being on the charts or being, you know, or, you know, being on the radio and then taking other people down off of the radio, that's dirty. Yeah. And it affects on a larger level because it does affect the music charts, which do affect the award ceremonies and whether these artists get nominated. So this is a whole bigger, you know, pot that it really goes See, into. You just got to the heart of it. You're getting right to the, the <laughs> heart of the industry where it hurts the most. And that is 
it's the awards. Yep. Don't <laughs> screw with the awards, people. <laughs> I know. That's you a... bastards. Yeah. Messing with my Grammy. Oh. I mean, so then you get people that, you know, you're then you're now recently with um we had I think the Billboard Music Awards. Um and I a couple others are coming up. People are questioning that now because some of those artists were part of those articles about the payola. Wow. So that's the big thing now. It's like so now if they win, is it actually legitimate? Exactly. And now that's just the another moment of Millie Vanilli. <laughs> oh, it sounded good. But behind the <laughs> scenes, there was something not quite right there. Some of the kids will never know what we had to go through <laughs> with Millie Vanilli. I was wondering, like, what if Millie Vanilli just they went out and got vocal coaches and then tried to make a comeback? That would be oh like God. the most amazing comeback ever. Oh. We had 20 years of vocal lessons and we actually learned how to play. And now we're back. <laughs> I mean, th that's a whole other thing we have to get into because a few artists did that. I, I used to love the group CNC Music Factory. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently it was a little bit different um, in the music videos. And I actually went to their, their concert. I, that was like, I, that was my jam. Um there was a female that would do like backup vocals and stuff. And she was like the main female shown in the music videos. And she did the show on stage at the backup vocals. She was this like really slender um, black woman. Well, apparently find out later that wasn't the real lady. She was not, <laughs> she was just a, a normal lady, a little more heavy set or apparently. And there was a whole scandal about that. Like, why didn't they want her on there was she they wanted this slender woman as opposed to you know so um but i found that out years later i was like no way so well then it comes down you know. to that is different than being a no musician way. that doesn't actually write any of your own music let's say that i can play the guitar and sing really well but i suck at writing which oh, that's geez. totally the reality i mean you're I just, opening I can't, a can of worms i can't here. i can't actually write music but i can sing really good mm -hmm. so like one of my favorite artists of all time is richard marx now i'm super dating myself um <laughs> and i saw him in concert in vegas and he started talking about the songs that he's written and what's insane is that richard marx has had what eight number one albums of his own but it's, it's like it, probably a hundred songs that he's written for other musicians that have been in the top 10. Mm -hmm. Right. And you just think about that going, what? Yeah. So here's this like super amazing, catchy country song. No, like I didn't write it. Richard Marks did mm -hmm. like that just blows my mind that there's, yep. the, I guess it's like you said, it's like Dallin when you're just an idea factory, you just are coming up with so much music. You don't have time to do it all. So. Yeah. And you know, and he had that moment now, where but he, that is different than having someone actually sing for you and then you just lip sync everything. Oh, Nilly <laughs> Vanilli. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different <laughs> Yeah. Well, on that note, the conversation hit a lull. So I think that's where <laughs> I think that's where this episode is uh, is telling us it's had okay, enough. But <laughs> you need to you need to tell us. You need to answer the question too. So how do you feel about it? Um about Paola? Paola and then the paid promo marketing you know come on i you know i get i get paid as a marketer so <laughs> yeah uh you know for me like my my brain goes i'm gonna start a i'm gonna start an agency that does facebook and youtube ads for musicians right 
-hmm. and I'm going to charge a lot of money, but I'm only going to take half that money and put towards YouTube ads and Facebook ads because the rest of the money I'm going to use for pale. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's so wrong. My brain's already like, I figured out a way to game this system. <laughs> I'm going to be the most amazing marketing agency for musicians ever. So the next chapter is wondering <laughs> what are they going to do about all that? Like, is anything going to happen? Are there going to be like lawsuits or, you know, we'll have to see coming in the near future. Of yeah. That, like what big, you know, what big yeah. DJs are going to lose their jobs and how can, uh, how can you prevent this from happening before? And Right. I mean, let's just put it this way. When the president, the vice president of the United States has has family members getting paid under the table and it takes years and years and years before we find out about it. It's like, how how, how do you stop it? Like, yeah. like, in some ways, I feel like obviously you want to try to, but it seems like whatever rules or regulations or whatever you come up with, people are going to figure out a way to, to get around it. Right. If right now it was it was bold enough where guys are going actually into the radio station and making payoffs, like who's not to say that Ryan Seacrest isn't on on vacation in the Bahamas on his private yacht when somebody stops by for the day and then two weeks later that musician's now singing on live with Kelly and Ryan. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who knows? Yep. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. How do you stop it? And it's also, also, when does it bridge that weird gap between payola and just doing somebody a favor? Right. So I don't know. I don't have any, I don't have any solutions. <laughs> it's like trying to come up and figure out like, what's the proper response to COVID totally shut down, half shut down. Don't shut down. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Who knows? Yeah. I think just for the listeners out there, like fans of music, um, just kind of question it when you're, when you're out there listening to, you know, seeing radio play and they're playing certain songs like repetitive, you know, over excessively. and over. Yeah, excessively. Well, I've heard the song like, 10 times this hour. Yeah. Maybe question that. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and reach out to your radio stations and request those other songs that might not be playing as much, you know, at least try to do something. Um, and I think too, so how much of an effect is people calling into the radio station for to songs actually, does it actually make a difference? Gosh, I think back in our day, it mattered a lot. So like three know. weeks ago, guys, this made a huge difference. And so that means <laughs> to now it makes a huge difference as well. Right. I may, maybe nowadays it's like, you have to text the radio station. Yeah. You have to text them, call them, tweet them, whatever. Here's the deal. If you want to hear really good music on the radio you got to track down your local radio station on and find out their facebook page their instagram their youtube their twitter and their phone number and their text and their email <laughs> That's and it. then you have to send a message to them all of those things at least eight to nine times a day and just say that they, they need to play more idk because they're not <laughs> right. playing enough <laughs> yeah and if you do that and send us screenshots you might have a small favor under the table mailed to you. I can't can either confirm nor deny this. Well, and I think uh, um, I think sometime we'll have to discuss too. Like cause I think even we'll have to discuss those whole like award ceremonies because I think it also has to do with getting some younger, fresh kind of blood in there that are the, the people that are you know nominate these groups and artists. Because sometimes I wonder. I'm like, who is nominating? Back in the 80s and 90s, uh, independent films weren't taken very seriously 
And Harvey Weinstein was like, damn it, I'm going to be a player. And so what did he do? How did he get his films recognition that they needed to become win Academy Awards? He paid people off. Oh, my goodness. He started Paola in the Academy Awards season. There used to never be Academy Award campaigning until he came along because what did he start doing? He started Paola. He started it. See, and this is how it all pays off. Paola is everywhere. Boom. (laughs) Mic drop. I've tied it all together. My job here is done. (laughs) He's a horrible, horrible example of anything. (laughs) Anytime I hear his name now, I'm just like, like cringy. What was it uh, that... uh, was it Beavis and Butthead where they used to go? <laughs> yeah. <Ugh. laughs> Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Gosh. Yep. So there we go. All right. On that note, I think we're good. <laughs> Until next episode where we will finally, I don't know, talk about more stuff that has nothing in particular to do with anything.